So just be yourself. Say hi, Emily. Hi. That's it? <laughs> That's all? That's all you're going to give me? Just block? A lovely bunch of coconuts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got the lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> You're doing yes. so good. And you think so? Yeah. This is how animated I am when I'm by myself. I, I want to live up to your animation. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. I'm like Baptist. I'm, yeah, are you? Yeah. Okay, holy is thou. I mean, not really. back in this thing corporate idiots episode four of monetary mondays and you know i had to bring it back you know i had to bring another motherfucker on the show i'm just kidding she's she's a motherfucker mean, i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> there you go maybe she is a motherfucker I don't, I don't know you know but that's cool that's all right um i want to introduce to you guys emily can you tell us a bit about yourself sure so i am a processor for brokerage in in birmingham alabama mm -hmm. A processor. What is that? I process loans. What? That's fucking crazy. For mortgages. For yeah. mortgages. So you guys know on last episode we had Alexia on the show and she is a realtor and we talked about, you know, homeownership 101. I'm sure you listened to it, right? Yeah. And we got into a bit about, you know, what that looks like from the realtor perspective, a little bit more from the bank perspective kind of broke down to you guys what some of those pieces mean and why they're important and everything like that. And I brought Emily in to give us the other half of mortgages and home ownership and what that looks like from a processor's perspective. Get the shit right. We're going to get into today's episode around that. You guys sit tight. We're going to run into this ad right quick and then we'll be right back. What's up, guys? Okay, we are back. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening all that good shits and giggles. Again, we have Emily here. Emily? Hi. Okay, great. Just making sure you're alive. You're good. Pulse check? I'm I'm alive. Okay. Yeah. Is your, you know, I watch. Yeah, do I you want to know my heart rate right now? No, I'm good. We're okay. It's, it's 103 for anyone who was wondering. I don't know what that means. It's actually pretty good for me. I'm okay. only at like 113. <laughs> it's really hot. This episode is not about health. It's about financial health is what it is, but not, not right. your regular health if if you're fat, then join the club, because, bitch, I'm fat, too. But Let's anyway. buy a house. Okay. Hey, I like the sound of that. That's yeah. what we're talking about, right? Let's do it. <laughs> so, Emily, tell us a bit about what your job consists of. Okay. So, I currently process for three loan originators. Mm -hmm. They um, take the application. Mm -hmm. They pull what we call, they pull their credit, mm -hmm. and then they pull what we call um, DU is the most common. It's, that stands for Desktop Underwriter. Okay. So it's pretty much a quick way to hit a button and see whether or not you'd be approved. Okay. Um, they take those results from the DU pool. Mm -hmm. They can also go LP, but that's... What's LP? LPs if you are going, if you needed to go... Toward the Freddy, way. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really confusing. Okay, <laughs> we go down that road. <laughs> That's fine. I'm with it. We can we can break it down. That's okay. So we got DU. We got LP. We'll just say automatic underwriting. We got the um, whole damn alphabet. That's that's an AUS autom automated underwriting system is what we refer to them. There's different kinds, but what is yeah. the automated system? What the you just said? I don't know what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're not if you're not gonna refer to one specifically as DU or LP, then mm -hmm. uh, you just kind of say AUS. 
Okay. Because it's, it's the automated underwriting system. So that's what we hit. They, well, I don't. I let the underwriter do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, they make sure that they are pre-qualified so that when they go out and start looking for a house, they know how much house they can buy. Okay. Because we're not about wasting realtors' time. Mm-hmm. Them going out, looking at houses, and then trying to get pre-approved. And we're like, you can't buy shit. Yeah, you can't afford that's, that. That's, that's not cool. strong gnaw, dog. It's, yeah. Okay, I feel you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so... Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So then they um, they get a they get a contract once they are pre-approved. Mm-hmm. Um, that pre-approval goes off of several different factors. Okay, it goes mainly off of credit score. Okay, we take the middle credit score. We don't combine them together. We don't take the average. We don't take the highest. We don't take the lowest. It's the middle. Is um, there like a particular bureau that originators like to use? All three. All three. You have so, to have a credit score with all three credit bureaus. Interesting. I did not know that. And I've bought two houses. That's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so essentially you pull the credit score from all three bureaus and mm-hmm. take the middle score. Yep. So, and you know, from our last episode, we talked around how different bureaus may report different scores mm-hmm. based on the lender that reported that debt mm-hmm. to the particular bureau. So you may have a 701 with TransUnion, and then maybe like a 719 with Equifax, and then like a 697 with Experian. We're going to take that middle score. And you're going to take that 701. Cool. That was the middle score. I lost track of the numbers, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's what I'm here for, you know? Okay, so let's break that down. So we talked around who you are as an underwriter and how this paperwork flows to you. It basically starts with the consumer, hey, I want to buy a house. Mm -hmm. They typically find a realtor first is usually what the first step is. Now, Mm -hmm. I like to educate my customers and clients around shopping around for a mortgage first, Mm -hmm. which typically Mm -hmm. means finding a lender and then an originator and all that other stuff. But usually, okay, so you start with the realtor. The realtor typically has some partnerships with originators or lenders, um, so the consumer typically goes and uses them. And once we get the process started, we take the application. You guys pull credit. It's the mm-hmm. first thing. Yep. Take the middle score. Yep. And once we get all that shits and giggles, how do you factor in as a processor? Well, that's not it. Oh, shit. Okay, my bad. <laughs> that is not fucking it, guys. Once we pull credit, <laughs> we before we pull credit, we'll also ask what the income is. So mm-hmm. a lot of times um, the process can blow up because once we start collecting pay stubs, mm-hmm. oh, you don't make $20 an hour, mm-hmm. you make eight, mm-hmm. That that's not going to work. Right. So um, is, is income... Based off of gross, which is before yes. taxes, or net, which is after? It's gross. Okay. Um, and that is a really good question because there's a lot of types of incomes that we that we can't take. Mm-hmm. It's got to be w, W-2 reported, which is really terrible for, like, hair salon people. Mm-hmm. Who we, maybe run off tips, perhaps? Or they're, they're claiming deductions. Okay. Um, yeah, same with tips. If they're not reporting them, it's like you never made that income. Okay. And there's no way for us to verify it. What about like individual contractors that run off of like 1099? Do y'all accept those? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We'll take okay. a 1099, but uh, you're you're gonna need two years of of that history. Okay. Same with same with bonuses. Same with commissions. We need to have two years in order to count that income. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're not qualified for a loan. It just means that we can't count that 
extra income to help get your debt to income where it needs to be to where you can get approved. Mm -hmm. It lets you buy more house. So you essentially need two years of job history, which I know we talked about Mm -hmm. that in the last episode. Yeah. And that is based off of income that's reportable. Right. Or so no under you, the table shit. Right. No under the table shit. And you've got to, if, if you're going to count school as income, mm-hmm. it's got to be university. You can't do high school. No high school. So two-year college? Yeah, that would work. Any, okay. any kind of school transcript just to show that you've been doing something with your life mm-hmm. in high school just doesn't count. I got you. Because that's how I feel about life. Anyway. I mean, yeah, you know, shit doesn't pop <laughs> off till after graduation. That's right. Adulting doesn't happen until after high school. It just hits you in the face. That's right. It's really ghetto, Mm -hmm. but we're going to talk about that another time. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) so the underwriters, they get the information. You talk about credit. You look at that. You talk about income. You look Mm -hmm. at that. Okay. How do you play in? I play in once we get the contract. Mm -hmm. As soon as we receive a contract... That is technically a complete application. That's when we put the address in the system. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we have three days uh, legally to get those disclosures out and let the consumer know what they're paying for. Okay, so let me back up a little bit. When you say contract, we're talking about the actual... Purchase agreement. The purchase agreement. So Mm -hmm. the originator essentially is the person that gets it going. To make sure everything checks in. We check the boxes. We got a checklist. This, 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 this. And then once that looks good, they also take in the paperwork around the offer of the home. So whatever the buyer is wanting to uh, suggest, request, pay, whatever. And then that becomes the contract, right? Mm -hmm. And then once the contract is in with the pre-approval as far as how much home you can afford Mm -hmm. uh, or how much money you can get from the loan then it gets to you boom there's emily boom baby boom sauce all up in that shit Mm -hmm. and you are the the paperwork god (laughs) pretty much take it from there and make it happen (laughs) okay Um, all right as long as nothing blows up i don't receive pay stubs that you know just are completely fake we've had people fabricate their w-2s before like we don't pull transcripts and um, yeah, that will get pulled most of the time. So Man. that's mortgage fraud. You can go to prison and pay a fine. Oh, <laughs> don't shit. do that. Mortgage fraud. Yeah. There's all kinds of fraud out there. Yeah. You got mobile banking fraud. You got check oh, fraud, yeah. deposit fraud, mortgage fraud. Mortgage fraud. People is out here altering their W-2s. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. That's some That's some awesome Photoshop there. It's- Mm-hmm. <laughs> man i'm too pretty to go to jail so guys no. don't don't do that that's not a good look um that's good information to know though you know but that's why we take so many extra steps so mm-hmm. what i do is on top of you know just collecting the base documents so the first thing is that you're going to be asked for mm-hmm. across the board no matter what loan type it's going to be you're mm-hmm. going to be asked for your last two years w-2s mm-hmm. you're going to be asked for your pay stubs you're going to be asked for your bank statements mm-hmm. so that we can show what kind of assets you have, show, you know, how much you've been saving up, how much you got for a down payment, how much mm-hmm. you got in reserves, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're going to separate different programs like USDA, you need to do two years tax returns. Mm-hmm. So we kind of layer it on and let you know based off of what loan program you've qualified for, what suits you best. Mm-hmm. If you have, uh, let's say you're selling your your 
now house and you're going to buy another house. A lot of people on their second house, they'll go conventional because they can sell their first house, Mm -hmm. get a little bit of pocket change, Mm -hmm. and then put that down on their second house. Mm -hmm. Which is what I did. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that's what we did. You literally like buy and sell a house in the same day. You're like homeless for maybe about four hours, yeah. and then and then hopefully nothing falls through with with the buy of the other house, and then you're good. You're Gucci, everything's fine. But yeah. those four hours are really clutch. Like your booty is really tight. Like oh shit, I really need because I already sold this other one, and, yeah. and that shit is gone. So yeah. four hours of homelessness is really it's really tough. It is. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but we made it. We made it up in here, so we're good. Um, I do want to revisit. So you mentioned, like, down payments, and we've talked about this before. We talked Mm -hmm. around the importance of it. Mm -hmm. Alexia and myself dibble-dabbled a little bit around, you know, uh, percentages of down payments. We also talked about different first-time homebuyer programs where a down payment may not be necessary based off points. Do you deal with the point system? So... Yes. Mm-hmm. Every lender deals with origination points. Mm-hmm. We are a little bit different because we're a broker. Mm-hmm. We shop through different investors and find you the best rate. Okay. Wait, let, let me pause you. Okay. So let's, let's tell them a little bit more around what points are. Okay. And so they can kind of, so you guys can understand a little bit why the point system is important and how it benefits you as a consumer. So okay. how would you, I guess, define points? It's the price you're willing to pay to get a certain interest rate. Mm-hmm. When we shop through our different investors, we try to find the best rate for the least amount of points. Okay. The best rate. So the best interest rate. So mortgage rates are going at what now? Lowest rates like 3.85. We're locking them at 3% right now. 3% even. Yeah. Damn, I need a refinance. <laughs> <laughs> well, refinances, you're not going to get as good of a rate as you would with a purchase and you're not going to get as good a rate on a cash out refinance as you would a rate in term where you're just pretty much redoing your loan and not getting any cash out. I'm just trying to get this damn private mortgage insurance off. So Uh, we can talk about that. We can talk talk about that. All right, guys, it's been real. No, I'm just just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right. So uh, interest rates to, to points is uh, the point system essentially is how we want to get a better interest rate. Essentially, can you buy right. points to get a lower interest rate than what's offered? Or Absolutely. Really? Yeah. It just depends on how much you want to pay. Mm-hmm. And it's so specific toward the lender that you're going with. I, I haven't been with this company. I've, I just started with this being a broker since mm-hmm. October. And before that, I was with a lender. Mm-hmm. So it was a big company where they financed their own loans. We didn't need to look at other people to finance our loans for us. Mm-hmm. That was interesting because they're not only charging you an underwriting fee, Mm -hmm. they're charging you a processing fee, Mm -hmm. plus they're charging you for points for a rate that can be shopped elsewhere, Mm -hmm. and you don't even have to pay for that same rate. So these are just kind of like, these fees are not not undisclosed. No, they're they're absolutely disclosed, yeah. They're just written in bank jargon, basically. What people, what gets people is... They'll say, oh, yeah, this guy, he got me a 3.5% interest rate. Mm -hmm. 
here's going to be our closing costs, but mm-hmm. they don't look at the fine print and they don't see that they're paying $1,400 in underwriting and processing fees. Wow. They don't, they don't see that they're also, and, and all of this is getting put into your loan. So you don't realize mm-hmm. what you're paying for, for this loan. Right. It's all getting financed. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. If you're not coming out of pocket for it, cause you have a hundred percent loan. Mm-hmm. If you're watching your numbers, mm-hmm. then most people will kind of figure it out. But whenever somebody says, Hey, I'm shopping rates. We say, okay, send us their loan estimate and let us look at it. Okay. And then once we compare apples to apples and we say, oh, yeah, well, if we charge a 1% origination fee, mm-hmm. we have an even lower rate than they do. But they're not telling you what it's costing you mm-hmm. to get that rate, I which got is you. terrible. I got you. So, um, essentially, you know, consumers end up paying more because they're financing more just to get a loan, just to get the loan for the house. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's let's go back back to down payments. I mean, we talked about points and, and why that's important. Uh, but you also mentioned reserves. So tell everybody, I guess, like what what reserves are, why it's important and how that plays into, you know, the difference between, you know, your down payment and what you have in reserves. It all goes back to when we pull that beautiful automated underwriting system. Mm -hmm. That's when we can tell people from the very beginning, yes, you can afford this much house, Mm -hmm. but in order to afford that much house, you're going to have to have, let's say, two months reserves. Mm So a reserve would be your monthly payment. So when we say two months reserves, that means two months of payments Mm -hmm. in savings, just ready in case you lose your job or whatever. It needs to be liquidable. Exactly. Which means cash. I can get this cash right now if I need to. We can use a retirement account Mm -hmm. as a reserve, but we've got to show the underwriter that it can be cashed out at any second Okay. um, due to unforeseen circumstances. Right. Okay, I got you. So essentially... And we don't use all of it. It's like 60%. 60% yeah. of whatever is in the reserve? Yeah. Okay. Of, of the retirement account. Okay, I got you. So reserves are the backup plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you really don't see reserves a lot unless you mm-hmm. have a lower credit score. Okay. For example, if you're going USDA, you're typically going to want a 680 credit score for their program. Mm-hmm. If you're, You can do it at a 620, mm-hmm. but... They're, the underwriter is going to be a lot more strict. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to know how come you've been living rent free with your mama for the past two years and you don't have anything in your bank account. You've mm-hmm. overdrafted it three times in the past month. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to want to know what's going on. Why haven't yeah. you saved? Yeah. So your, your responsibility with money, where is it? Yeah. How mm-hmm. are you going to be able to afford a house if you can't even keep your bank account from overdrafting? Right. Right. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so not. It depends on the loan program, and every situation is different. It, right. You can't look at a loan and say they can't get this loan because of their credit score. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, that's a huge part of it. But right. Right. <laughs> there's so much more that goes into it in in the overall picture. Mm-hmm. It's you know, don't think that you can't buy a house just because you have a couple of overdrafts. Right. We do that every day. People right. overdraft. It happens. We just have to get a letter of explanation saying why you did it. Yeah. You know, hey, I forgot this check was clearing. Yeah. You're and human. I'm glad that you mentioned that because so often I see clients come in that are, are ready to build not build a home, but buy a home essentially and their first fear is my credit shot, my credit shot, my credit shot. Um, it might not even be shot. You might just not have enough established, you know. Mm-hmm. And although it does play a big portion to the whole game, it's a big piece of the pie, 
it is not the whole pie, you right. know? So you, we need to, as a community, make sure that you're focusing on all aspects, all controllables. Yes, your credit is controllable in a sense. Pay your bills on time. I keep saying the shit. It's important, you know? But even if you're not to the stage where you've established much credit or you don't have much to pay, maybe you just started your job a couple years ago or you just started, you know, contributing to your 401k or you just realized how your bank account actually works or whatever epiphany that you've had that has gotten you to this point in, I want to buy a home, don't discredit yourself just because you're unsure of your credit. I recommend for everyone to talk to a loan officer. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy a house in the near future, mm-hmm. don't wait until it's tomorrow that you want to buy a house. Go ahead and reach out to someone that you trust. Absolutely. Let them pull your credit. Let them look at it and say what you need to do. Because, mm-hmm. for example, if you're like, look, I don't want to pay any money down. I want I want 100% financing mm-hmm. and I want to live in the sticks. Great. Sounds like you need to go USDA in order to do that. I want to live in the sticks. (laughs) I want to wake up to banjos in the morning. That's fine. You do you. Cockle doodle doo. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we'll we'll be able to tell you, hey, you you need to open up another line of credit. Mm -hmm. You need to get some other form of credit. USDA requires that you have two open and active credit forms. Mm -hmm. That's really the only program that I know of. I could be very mistaken, but I don't think I am. Mm -hmm. Um, Normally, we just need to see a credit score. Okay. But if, but USDA is specific in that. So if, if you have something in mind, if you know where you want to live, if you just want to make sure that you're eligible to buy a house. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody because we have programs too, and we are not people who fix credit. That no credit repair. No, we don't do credit repair. However, that, that ain't your shit. We do offer suggestions based off of a program that we have mm-hmm. um, that runs through the credit companies that we use in order to pull your credit. Mm-hmm. And they give suggestions. They say, hey, if you do this, your credit's going to go up 42 points. Well, hell, why would you not want to do that? I mean, I don't know. Buy a house in a month instead of two years. Boom. Just Boom. reach out to a law officer. <laughs> it's just that easy, right? It's, I mean, it's a little it bit more be. It can be. It can be, right? <laughs> We're just talking shits and giggles right now. The easiest loan for me to process mm-hmm. is a conventional loan. You only need 5% down for a conventional loan. Do you always need 5% down? Because we're a talking minimum. about a minimum of 5% uh, down mm-hmm. on all conventional loans? Yeah. Because I did not put 5% down on mine. But I don't know what the fuck they did, so... But that's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Hold on. That's okay. Are you sure you didn't put 5% down? I'm pretty certain I didn't put 5% down. Because there's another program that you can use, but you got to be a first-time homebuyer. You know what? You weren't a first-time homebuyer. I'm lying. I don't have a conventional loan. I have an FHA. This one's an FHA? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. We need to refinance you for real. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting out of that MI anytime soon. <laughs> this is an FHA. Yes, this is an FHA loan. I think we came at 3% down. And I think sellers paid most of closing costs. Yeah. So I came to the table about eight grand. Okay. That's pretty good. Not bad, right? Yeah, not bad at all. I mean, I got 15 from the sale of my house, so. There you go. 
I had a little little pocket change. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, this is going great. I'm loving this. You made me lose my train of thought, though. My I bad. said the, the easiest loan for me to process <laughs> is someone who has a great credit score, who's mm-hmm. going conventional, mm-hmm. uh, because cr- conventional doesn't have a whole bunch of guidelines that I have to fight against in order mm-hmm. to get you approved. Mm-hmm. And if you've been at your job for two years consistently, boom, you make my job so much easier. I love you. Please come and <laughs> apply with us. <laughs> you know what? We love you back. But the objective of this podcast is not to make it easy on you. So, love you. I mean it. It's it's to make it easy on them. That's true. Just edit that whole part out. No, no. We're going to keep that because we keep it real here on Corporate no, Idiots. But for real, none of my none of my loans for real are that easy. Like, I get one a month. That's really easy. Well, you know, if your job was easy, everyone would be doing the shit. But that's right. And that's why I you have make, a job. Because not everybody Yes, not that's everybody right. does it. That's why we got to keep the shit together, you know? We talked about down payments, what, what you do in a processing job. Uh, you did mention earlier that you now work as a broker. Yes. So, and then you before you were working for a lender. Mm-hmm. So, what is the difference between a broker and a lender? The brokers go out and shop for the best interest rate for the lowest amount of origination points from different investors. Mm-hmm. Um, a lender makes their money by using their money to underwrite your loan. They, they're going to have their own underwriters the majority of the time unless you're doing some kind of wonky program. Mm-hmm. They see that loan from application to closing, and then within 30 days, they turn around and sell the loan. And that's how they make their money. You're not If you're, if you're going to go with a lender, mm-hmm. you're not going to be at bank XYZ in the next 30 days. Your, your loan's going to immediately be sold. And I can attest to that because when I bought this house, it went through a lender called Platinum Mortgage. Uh, we closed, and literally 30 days later, mm-hmm. they sold it to Lone Care or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and then it sold again? It sold a year yeah, later that shit's annoying. to Celine Finance. <laughs> and and just now, about maybe maybe four or five months ago, it is now with Flagstar Bank. Shut up. That's yeah. one of our investors. Is at it? the Yes. Girl. Which I know I'm not mentioning my company name, but there's not a lot of brokers in Birmingham, so you can probably figure it out. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> well, they don't know your last name, so that's true. But I don't. I mean, there's there a, are a lot of Emilys in the world. Shit that's true. Emily's, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. don't yeah, worry. Your secret's I, safe. God, with me. I really hate processing loans with Flagstar because they are so just. Oh, they don't make their process easy. They make me fill out all these extra forms, and I got to go through all this extra checks and approvals and it's just so frustrating but they have the best interest rate those three percent ones that i'm talking about that's flagstar that's okay it's not about you it's not (laughs) that's what that's why 95 percent of my pipeline right now is flagstar Flagstar? because we do what's best for the customer they bought i that's what i'm talking about what's best for the customer always yes and i actually love flagstar because celine finance they're Fucking online banking was redonkulous. And Flagstar's like, is easier? It is so much better. Oh, my God. Like, I, feel like I can pull my tax documents. I, well, compared to Wells Fargo, they are. But I was just like, uh, Celine is way worse. I was like, this is this shit is for the birds. I cannot pull. <laughs> or I have to call someone. I am one of those generational people that online banking mm-hmm. everything. Absolutely. Pay my bills online. I use my debit card. I rarely have yeah. cash. If, you know, I was just walking down the street and someone bumped into me and was like, hey, um, 
give me a dollar in cash or, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to shoot your ass. I'm getting fucking shot. He did. Because I got zero <laughs> cash. I never have cash. So I got I got a quarter for yeah, Aldi. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's for my Aldi cart. That's you for can't have it. I need that I need quarter because they don't have bags. And no. then, yeah, it's really I keep tough. them in my trunk, but then you can't carry five bags out yeah, the door. You need a cart. You really need one because you can't go in there for one thing. You're for those of you that don't know the Aldi struggle, that shit is tough. It's uh, really tough. All right, so you work for a broker who essentially finds lenders. Is that would that be correct? That works. Yeah, yeah essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lender is the individual that actually loans you the money. Not individual, yeah. but the company. So the broker, we don't have the money. Mm-hmm. The The investors come and they cater to us because they want our business. Okay. They want to show that they can make it easy. or But, I mean, that doesn't work. We always go with the best rate mm-hmm. um, because the word gets around and that's how your business grows. But the broker gets paid from the investor and every time there are there are laws to where, to, so that when you close with the broker, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna be calling your broker saying, "Why are you charging me seven thousand dollars? We're not charging you seven thousand dollars. We just have to disclose to you what we're making off of a loan from the investor. Okay. It has nothing to do with you're not paying it. It's not being financed. It's just what the 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 two parties have come to agree that loan is worth to the investor. I got you. So it has absolutely nothing to do. Y'all's fees have nothing to do with the consumer. Not the broker compensation agreement. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's good to know. So for those of you listening, if you're if you're keeping up, it sounds like it would be in your best interest, especially if you're shopping, to utilize a broker. Yeah versus going from lender to lender. Right. You know, so, and just to give you guys an example of a lender, like Wells Fargo is a mortgage lender. Actually, I think they're one of the top mortgage lenders in the company, you know. Um, You know, every bank has its own mortgage lending. So they, they are essentially a lender. If you're out going to buy a home, you would have to complete a separate application for each lending company. Now, granted, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Emily, when you are mortgage shopping, those inquiries can be disputed to come off if you're mortgage shopping. Is that correct? I don't I don't believe that they can be disputed to be removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we always tell people that as long as you're shopping within a 30-day window, you won't see your credit score take a hit. You, you, you might see two points difference, mm-hmm. but you're not going to see a huge difference as if you were to pull it, you know, one month and then wait mm-hmm. three months and pull it again. Mm-hmm. So utilizing a broker kind of takes out that application after application. Absolutely. After. All those do, credit pulls. You do the legwork and footwork. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's good to know. Um, if you guys recall in one of my previous episodes, I talked about um, credit 101 and how inquiries can affect your credit. It's only about 10% of your actual credit makeup, but knowing this information is important because you don't want to draw out your what am I process. Yeah, you don't, well, you don't want to draw out um, attempting to apply so often. You know, like if you're set on buying a home in January and you go through a lender 
and then you find a house, but then that lender's like, no, I can't finance it the way that you want me to. So you're like, oh, you end up losing that house. And then you wait till March and you're like, let me try again. You know, Mm -hmm. you've kind of, you've missed your window on your house for one. You've missed the opportunity to save money because you only went with that one lender. And now you got another inquiry on your credit report because you waited too long. So shopping with the brokerage is actually beneficial. It is. Good. That's good. I like that. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's something I really didn't know. So another reason I don't want to. I don't want to say the name of my company because I don't want anyone to think that I'm pushing them in any direction. No. Like, no, yeah, I'm here to tell you the truth yeah. about and that's why I what's them. out there, and yeah. that a lot of people just don't know what a broker is. Right. I, I mean, honestly, I I did not know what a broker is. I mean, I've been working for a lending a bank mm-hmm. majority of my career, so no, I didn't know what a what a broker is. Do real estate agents typically use brokers, or do they just? typically have underwriters or, I mean, excuse me, originators that they know. I wish more people would use use brokers. (laughs) Um, No, a lot of the time an agent is going to start to trust someone who has crossed their path uh, Mm -hmm. one way or another. Lenders, brokers, loan originators, period, are always going to chase after realtors for their business. Right. Because they push push the loans to them. Yep. Yeah. There's, you know, there's no, they're, they're, the realtors are the bread and butter. We want to make the realtors happy. Uh-huh. So we're always going to go above and beyond to make sure that the realtors happy in in the in the transaction. Make sure that we're communicating with them, mm-hmm. letting them know where we are in the loan process, if any problems arise, things like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously, this is a marriage between the realtors, it the is. originators, the processors. There are a lot of moving moving pieces, and you mentioned, you know, as a broker or a lender, whomever. You want to make the realtor happy. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective, what do you think realtors need to look out for to help you help them? If you're doing an FHA loan, mm-hmm. we need an FHA mandatory clause. Break, when, that, break that down for me. So so at the time of you turning in, I'm, I'm going to say you as in I'm talking to a realtor, mm-hmm. when, when a realtor turns in a contract, Every FHA loan is going to require, it's actually VA too, mm-hmm. um, they're going to require an agreement saying, you know, that we're paying this much for this house, blah, 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 blah. And then there's this new thing that is called the real estate certification, which is normally just like a little half page on the same page, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're a whole separate page. Mm-hmm. We need that shit too. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets left out. 99.9% of the time. So then I'm going back and I'm like, hey, realtor, buddy, I need, I want to impress you, but I'm going to have to be annoying here. Love you, mean <laughs> Love it. you, mean it. <laughs> I need you to sign this. Then I need you to send it to the listing agent for them to sign it. And then I need them to send it to their seller to sign it. And it would just be so much easier if it was all done in the very beginning. Does Can the consumer help in any way around that process? Or is that just y'all's marriage being a little, little fucked up? <laughs> I love that you call it a marriage though because it's so a marriage. We see it realtors is. and we'll be like, why is she closing with him? Yeah. Like, I, what? I mean, whoa, I whoa, just, whoa. I just closed with you. Whoa. You, are you cheating on me right now? I thought we had something. <laughs> I thought we had a thing. <laughs> I see. No, I can it really see is. The, it's devastating. I really hear the pain in your voice right now. Like, you were thinking about all the breakups you've recently it had. It's so. <laughs> It's heart wrenching <laughs> for real because you're like I, I really thought we had something going. But. Okay, but to to answer my question, it sounds like it's between y'all, the realtor 
and the underwriter. Are there any instances where the consumer kind of gets kind of gets a little, you know, lost in that shuffle or can that just does that kind of reflect negatively on the consumer if the communication between you and the realtor isn't is it click tight? No, because as a processor, I'm going to communicate with that with the borrower. Mm-hmm. A lot. Okay. I like to tell people in the very beginning, hey, I'm Emily. I'm going to be your processor throughout this uh, home application journey. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be my best friend for the next month. Cool. Okay. Like, get used to my phone number because we're going to be talking a lot. Okay. And so your job is to not necessarily talk so much with the realtor because the originator did right. majority yeah. of the that. The loan officer is going to be the one who really wants to reach out to the realtor if they're mm-hmm. trying to build I got you. a relationship. Mm-hmm. If the loan officer doesn't really care if they build a relationship or not, they're mm-hmm. like, whatever, she's loyal to Joe Schmo over here. Mm-hmm. I have no chance. I'll be talking to the realtor. <laughs> okay. I got you. So, I mean, it's like a throuple. It's three of you guys. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so many it's it's so interesting because before I got into this business I applied for a loan and actually my loan officer is now my boss asked for a job at closing and it worked out uh <laughs> well, look at you network queen <laughs> I mean he was really impressed with my turnaround times for my documents so it just goes to show you but you get know, your processor your documents when they ask for it I'm glad that you mentioned that also because you know a couple of weeks ago Alexia was on the show and she mentioned that she got into realty because her realtor was flipping amazing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, that is great to hear that an experience can really change your life and, and change your career on not just how you've been helped, but how you feel you can help others. Like, that to me is phenomenal. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know? I told my loan officer at closing, I said, this has been the easiest process because our first loan was Alabama housing mm-hmm. um, that is still around but they have laxed so much on the rules mm-hmm. but I mean I'm talking about we had to do letters of explanation because our address on our driver's licenses weren't where we were currently living and mm-hmm. just all this bs we right. it was the I wanted to pull my hair out I looked at my husband and I said we are never buying another house again <laughs> I was so stressed out mm-hmm. but uh and we, we almost didn't close thank god our house was vandalized oh Okay. It was vandalized, and that's what pushed our closing out. I was really not expecting yeah. you to say that. Yeah. Interesting. It worked out, <laughs> because then we had a little bit more time to get our loan approved. That sounds really ghetto, Emily. <sighs> it was messed up. So anyway, <laughs> our second house was so much easier. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is how it should be, which home buying should be easy. Mm-hmm. If you have a good loan officer, mm-hmm. they're going to be communicative with you. Is that a word? Communicative. Communicative? Yep. That's not okay. communicative. Mm, that's Communic- probably mm, no. Let's ask the, the ask the audience. All right, let us know. <laughs> Leave us a comment. They're gonna be talking with you. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, they're supposed to try to make it easy. My and everything that I do as a processor is trying to make your life easy. If I can reach out to your employer and verify your employment by getting them to fill out a form, mm-hmm. you best believe I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna get them to fill out that form so that you don't have to send me pay stubs and. So they just, just they just need to match your energy. If they got a sense of urgency, you yeah. got a sense of urgency. If you I, got a sense of well, urgency, they should have a sense of urgency. I'm always going to have a sense of urgency because right. my job is to get you clear to close mm-hmm. as soon as possible because that makes me look good. And that we all want to look good on our job. Exactly. You know. Because if I'm, if I'm dragging my feet on a loan, mm-hmm. my boss can tell. Right. They're going to say, hey, Emily, why didn't you order this appraisal? Mm-hmm. Hey, Emily, 
Where's that verification of employment? Why are we getting asked for it for a third time from underwriting? Hey, That's not cool. Where's my coffee? <laughs> I don't do that shit, thanks. <laughs> I make my own coffee. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so basically, you know, realtors scratch your bag. You scratch theirs all for the sake of the consumer is what I heard. Yep. Good. Good to know. Good to know. I want to pick your brain a little bit. So in our previous episode, we talked about PMI. Yeah. Private mortgage insurance. I've also shared my personal experience. I currently have that shit. It sucks. (laughs) Um, I would like to get it off, please. So tell me, I guess, in your words, in your expertise, how do you fucking get rid of that shit? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first question should be, how do we come upon the price of it? Okay. Um, if you're FHA, we have no option. You have, you're going to have required. a set. It's, it's a set MI price no matter what. What's MI? I mean, mortgage insurance. I just dropped the P off. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, I'm lazy. You know, that's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Hey, look, I'm, I, we got to gear this towards people. They're, they're right. listening right now. They're like, what the fuck is MI? I know. You know I get Mission so bad. Impossible? Like, I what's just, happening? <laughs> You know, uh, Missouri. You you have a lot of fun. This is great. <laughs> I I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, what were we talking about? Emma. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, FHA. We pretty much just hit a button and boom, the computer auto populates it. Mm-hmm. Um, Said and done. No wiggle yeah. room. It is what it is. It is what it is. Can't um, change it. I'm screwed. Yep. Well, no, you're not. We can. <laughs> We need to talk. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. We definitely okay. can help you out. All right. Um, what about with conventional? So if you're going conventional, we actually have to price that shit out. Mm-hmm. That means going to MI companies like Genworth and Genworth. I have a pen in my purse right now, which is why I can remember their name. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but there's like four or five of them mm-hmm. that are pretty big. So we go to their sites and we price them out. I have them all saved in my browser. Mm-hmm. We go and we price them out and your rate is going to be based off of your loan to value. What's um, loan to value? That is what your house is valued at versus how much you're paying Buy, for it. Buying it for. Yeah. Okay. So how much is valued at, how much is appraised at, how much is worth. Yeah. So you could be buying a house for $200,000, mm-hmm. but it could technically be worth $210. True. The most common way that it's, because an appraiser is going to normally want to match the purchase price. Okay. They're not going to really want to go much above. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I had an appraisal last week. No, it's kind of off topic. Mm-hmm. That shit came in $95,000 above their purchase price. Ooh. I said, y'all are getting a great deal. That's phenomenal. <laughs> they were very excited. High, like equity um, off the top. Yeah, crazy. Just Damn. crazy. I've Damn. never seen that kind of a, it was nuts. I'm jealous. Okay. Loan um, <laughs> the value. So... The best, the the most common way that you're gonna have a lower loan to value, mm-hmm. it which is good, um, is if you are bringing money to, to the, the table. table. Mm-hmm. Okay, so money talks. yeah, so if you are doing if if your loan to value is 100, percent you're gonna have a higher MI price than if your loan to value is 80. percent Okay, um, you're also and this is kind of I don't think a lot of loan originators know this. This is just from MI reps coming in and talking to us, but you're you actually get a lower MI rate if you have two people on the loan. Really? Yeah, because then it's like, well, there's two of you to lose your job. There's two of you <laughs> <laughs> to die. There's, there's two. <laughs> there's, a, there's a complication that if if both of y'all get fucked up, that's right. You know, you have better is, chances. Yeah, it's less likely that both of y'all get fucked up. If yeah. one of y'all, mm, 
Okay, two of y'all. All right, that's a little bit more insurance. You know, that actually makes sense. Doesn't it, though? Isn't it amazing? That, I'm mind completely blown. All right, you're teaching me some stuff here. <laughs> oh, but the big part about Emma, how to remove it. Mm-hmm. Okay, FHA, that shit never falls off. <sighs> that's why we need to get you to convention. Oh, man. Um, you're just breaking my heart over I'm here. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's Come. not you. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> The marriage and things. FHA loans are wonderful because they have a lower interest rate Mm -hmm. than a conventional loan does. However, you do have MI for the life of your loan, and it decreases every month. Not a not a huge amount, Mm -hmm. but by the time you know you're paying your last few payments, you're you're paying pretty much pennies. Mm -hmm. But you will have MI for the life of your loan. With conventional, at when you reach twenty percent equity in your house, so let's break that down. If you bought the house for $100,000. Yep. You're, you now owe $80,000. Mm-hmm. Then you can actually reach out to your loan company. That would be it. Loan provider. Loan, loan servicer provider. Loan servicer. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes. You reach out to your loan servicer and you can actually, depending on what the loan, so it's really up to the loan servicer at that point, you can say, hey, look, I've never missed a payment. Mm-hmm. Can you go ahead and drop my M off? Yeah. Uh, sometimes they'll do it. Sometimes they'll require that you do an appraisal just to prove that your house house is still worth that and that you are at eighty percent. But you so, can't do that at all with the FHA. I know no. I'm making this about me. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm heartbroken right now, guys. This is just and I work in this this industry and it's just like how it's fucked up. So we normally ask people how long do you plan to be in this house? Okay. Because if it's about payment, you want to go FHA. Right. If it's about, hey, we're gonna this is our forever home, you wanna go conventional because when you reach seventy eight percent loan to value, so mm-hmm. that would be twenty two percent equity. That messed me up when I got licensed, that question. They switched it. Um <laughs> what does that have to do with it? I don't know. <laughs> Squirrel <laughs> Okay. When you reach seventy eight percent loan to value, it will automatically drop off. You don't have to do shit. It's just gone. Gone. I definitely need to refinance. Yes, you do. I just don't want to pay those. What's your interest rate right now? Uh, three point seven five. I think we could do something for real, for real about that. I really don't want to pay closing costs. That's my issue. I'm cheap. So with a broker, you're not paying. You're not paying the. You're not paying the underwriter. Mm-hmm. You're not paying the processor. Actually, technically, you're paying for the underwriter, but most of the time, we lump that in with the with the with the rate. Mm-hmm. So we can either choose to get the rate that has the underwriting fee in it, so it'll be slightly higher. Okay. Um, or we can make you pay for the underwriting fee, which is like nine hundred bucks. It's not like a deal breaker or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can get a slightly lower rate. It's kinda like using that origination fee to buy points. Okay. But uh anyway, what you would be paying for is yeah, just your closing fees, but there's some really cheap attorneys here in Birmingham I can get you hooked up with. Okay. And if you still have your title from when you closed originally, we sure can get do. you a reissue credit. Ooh. Yeah. Fun. We'll have to dibble dabble in that a little yeah. bit more next time. Fun stuff. So that you guys can understand what the hell we're talking about. But <laughs> all in all, I'm just trying to save some money, y'all, because it's hard out here for a pimp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, I'm just trying to get my life together. But PMI. So we talked around conventional, how to get it off. FHA, yep. you're kind of screwed unless you plan on refinancing. Yep. Uh, what about VA? VA is fun. Do you get PMI insurance on a VA loan? Do they do the veterans like that? Because that's cold-blooded. They don't. They have what is called a funding fee, 
Mm-hmm. And really good tip for anyone who is wanting to buy a home using their VA, VA benefits. Um, go get your hearing checked. What? Yeah. So <laughs> you are exempt from paying a VA funding fee if you are at least 10% disabled. So if you've been in the army, more than likely you have some sort of hearing loss. I know, to God, my husband does. <laughs> oh, bless his heart. I haven't been in the army, but I damn sure can't hear. Right. But so, that's neither here nor there. I mean, you can get ten. You can, you can claim a ten percent disability, mm-hmm. and then when we pull what is called a certificate of eligibility mm-hmm. from the VA portal's website, mm-hmm. um, it would show us that you're not. You don't have to pay a funding fee. Hmm. So that helps out tremendously. Legit. Just go get your hearing check and be like, huh. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that, but that's not mortgage fraud. I mean, technically, that'd be like VA fraud, wouldn't it? <laughs> Shit. Is that a thing? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not a better. <laughs> I do not know. Don't do that, guys. If you can't hear, okay, you can't hear. But if you can, don't fraudulate that shit. That no, fraudulate. <laughs> Is that a real word? <laughs> we must know. Yeah, Google that. Let us know in the comments. It's, Fraudulate. If it's not, I'm copywriting it. I made it, it up. It should it be. Fraudulate. I like it. To the intent to commit fraud. It Would it be the intent to or would it actually be committing? Because there's a difference between doing and intent. You fraudulated. <laughs> That's like some bullshit. <laughs> it sounds like flatulated. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm just thinking spatula. This which- is what? <laughs> Spatula. Wow, this is so great. Yeah. All right. Man, are you good over this there? This is going to be a really long punk podcast. I'm so sorry. No, I'm just going to talk. No, this is good. This is good. I, I like the genuinity. It's good. All right. PMI. There it is. Fraudulence. Fraudulate. All that good stuff. You should stuff. never say fraud- fraudulence again. <laughs> um, it does sound like flatulence. <laughs> It only sounds like that because I said it. <laughs> True. I'm over here thinking spatula. So oh, what, what do I know? Man, we are so off subject. Words. It's okay. Um, PMI. <laughs> I'm just going to keep this original. Okay. <clears throat> PMI. We talked around how to get it on. <laughs> Emily, we are acting like we're drunk. I'm going to have to edit this whole shit out. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know where I left off. PMI, how to get it off. Um, FHA with conventional. PMI stands. (laughs) Do I have to pause it right now? Are you okay? Are you okay over there? I'm making myself laugh. (laughs) PMI stands for poor mice. And then there's your your fake word. Fraudulent? Oh, no, that started with an F. The other word was inst. Was it insta? What was the other word? It, no. I need to be taking notes because we, we're bouncing off of so many walls. I'm so sorry. I'm it, a terrible interviewer. No, this is great. Take seven. <clears throat> PMI. So we talked around how to get rid of it, whether if it's an FHA loan, conventional, VA, all that good stuff. You mentioned something while we were talking earlier around some misconceptions with the... What, the down payment in a conventional loan? Yeah. So the whole reason that people have that idea that you have to have 20% down on a house, so you can buy a $100,000 house, you can have $20,000, say 
here, take my money. Yeah. Um, that stemmed from people wanting to go conventional and avoid Emma. Oh. So if you have 20% to put down, you don't have to pay Emma. Gotcha. However, pay what you can mm-hmm. and then refinance later or buy a different house. Find a broker. Find a broker because, like, if you're going to – I'm going to squirrel again. But if you're <laughs> if you have, if you're shopping around for insurance, it doesn't make much sense to go to Allstate, to Alpha, to State progressive. Farm, Progressive, Travelers. No, you find an insurance broker and, boom, they, they send it out. You. They find out who the best rate is going to come from. Mm-hmm. And whenever any of our clients say, you know, I don't know who I want to use for homeowner insurance, do you have any – do you have any recommendations? Absolutely, I do. I have people that call on us how we call on realtors. Right. They want our business. Um, and it's people that I work very closely with that I trust. Actually, one of them that I use, has my she wrote my own insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one wrote one of the loan originators that I work for his policy. Mm-hmm. They, they'll they give you the best rate. Mm-hmm. So why, why just make it easy on yourself. Make the, make the marriage work for you. Right? Don't be a side chick. Who would be the side chick? The customer. Oh, they're never the side chick. They're the main... They're the main bitch? (laughs) Not bitches. Don't make your customer the side piece, right? Yeah, they should never be the side piece. Never be the side piece. I like it. Okay. Man, we've covered a lot. We talked about employment, having some money, you know, down payment, um, what your realtors need to be looking out for, what reserves are. We're going to backtrack? We're going to backtrack a little bit because it's really important for realtors to know that when it comes to appraisals, mm-hmm. or was this something that we were about to hit? No. Okay. When it comes time, you need to know the difference between an inspection and an appraisal. An inspection is just for you. Your realtor is going to want you to do an inspection so that there are no surprises once you move into the house, and then you can't turn around and blame your realtor for selling you a lemon of a house. No lemon houses. It is up to you to get an, an inspection. Mm-hmm. It comes out of your own pocket, outside of closing. It's not anything to do with us at all. We don't care if you get one or not. I mean, you know, as a person, get one. But <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't really care. What we care about is the appraisal and that it comes back okay. We want to make sure the value is there, and we want to make sure that there's no appraiser required repairs. One of the things that realtors seem to be missing a lot um, is that the last couple of appraisals I've seen, the water hasn't been turned on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, I've never had one before where the water had to be turned on. Why does the water have to be turned on? Because we got to make sure that there's no leaks. Same oh. thing with electricity. we got to make sure shit works. And gas. Gas. If, you, if it's got gas, it's got to be connected. So how do you get that done? How do you turn on utilities if you don't own the house yet? The realtor will have that accessibility they'll be able to tell the seller hey go ahead and get it turned back on Mm -hmm. because if it's been sitting there for a while it probably has been disconnected i got you but it needs to be reconnected before the appraiser goes out because it's going to be really bad when you as a borrower have to pay 150 dollars for a final inspection fee when just the the water wasn't turned on like that's crazy and so in essence will borrowers have to pay again for them to come out so normally an appraisal fee, if you're going conventional for us, is, is four ninety. If you're going FHA, it's five fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, because FHA appraisals are more in depth, and then for the reinspection fee, it's another hundred and fifty dollars. So that's a good chunk of change that you're putting out. Mm-hmm. That I mean, if if something comes back on the appraisal, if it's if that house isn't worth it, mm-hmm. you're you're out that money I if you can't you. come to an agreement, right? 
and then it's all about that marriage. It's that's when we lay heavily on the realtor. We really rely on them, right? Um, to work something out and negotiate a good deal. I got you. But FHA appraisals, mm-hmm. make sure there's no chip and paint. Make sure that there's any three foot area where someone might fall off. If it's three foot or higher, that there's some type of a boundary around it. Mm-hmm. If there's a looking like an old dried up, even if it's dried and it was from 10 years ago, if there's a water spot on the ceiling, paint over it because they're going to require that someone come out and do a roof inspection. Mm-hmm. If there's water in the basement, make sure it's not there when the appraiser comes out. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you, you know, there's things like that. But people, what really get people is that on these FHA loans, they don't think about peeled paint. Mm-hmm. You know, most houses are going to have peeled paint. Correct. But that is, that's a huge thing that we end up having to get an inspector or an appraiser to come back out mm-hmm. and look at. And that's something that's so e- easily avoidable. I got you. That makes sense. So, realtors, do your part. I help you. You help me. All that good stuff. The, make the processing easier. Uh, I want to double-dabble a little bit around some downfalls in the processing part that, you know, consumers might get themselves into. So we did all this. We got our credit set up. We've been on the job. We make some decent money. Uh, We found a realtor. We found a broker or a lender. We had pre-approved. We're in halfway the home stretch and something falls through. (laughs) Boom. Shit is fucked up. So there's a lot of different loan programs that will require a soft pull of your credit right before closing, and we have seen that blow up. Why is the soft pull before closing necessary? To make sure that you haven't taken out any extra debt, to make sure that you're, because normally if you're going to take out extra debt, um, for instance, I had one where we pulled the credit right before closing due to the guidelines, and he had gone out and maxed out a credit card, took his wife out on a vacation right before closing, maxed out his credit card. His credit score dropped down, so he no longer qualified for the minimum credit score of 620 for that loan product. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to we had to wait for him to pay it off. Then we had to turn around and do what's called a credit supplement to have the credit company that we work with kind of show that his hey you know that's paid off. His credit score went back up. We're good. So we had to add several weeks to that that process when that really just should have been avoided. He could have waited. Yeah, same thing with um. We had this one lady that. Decided she didn't want to pay her credit cards anymore. Okay. So, right before closing, we did the soft pool, and it comes back that she's had two months delinquencies on, like, three or four different credit cards. So, her credit score dropped. She no longer qualified for the loan program. Mm -hmm. Um, We see it happen to where someone decides they want to buy a new car. That's great, except for now you have too much debt, Mm -hmm. and now you don't qualify for the loan program. Okay, so it sounds like to me that... It is important during the home buying process to maintain your existing credit and debt to income. You know, you want to make sure that you do the bare minimum, still make your payments. You're you're not in timeout or anything like that. Your your obligations and responsibilities are still valid. Absolutely. Um, You just don't want to go haywire like, don't buy the furniture before closing because closing's in a week, you know, or don't... uh, you know, ball out at the bar because you bought your first house before before closing. Before closing, <laughs> or you know, don't just like watch yourself. You know, and I like to tell my clients the same thing. If you're in the middle of a home buying process, there's several people that I meet um, that I uncover that they're in the middle of a home buying process, whether it's with us or with another lender or mortgage originator or whomever. 
And uh, they're all excited. They're like, yeah, I got to get new furniture. I'm going to get this painted and stuff, stuff, stuff. And then I'm talking to them and they're like, oh, I got this letter. It's pre-approval for a credit card. I'm like, no, do not submit the application. Wait. Well, it's going to expire by the time I go. Well, tough titty, said the kitty, but the milk still tastes good. Just wait. I promise you it's going to be a bitter, bigger headache if you utilize more debt or utilize more credit or don't pay what you're supposed to pay before closing. It'll bite you in the butt, you know, every time. So making sure that you're still being responsible, you're being smart and strategic around what it is that you have to do both every day and for that brief time period that you're going through that application process to be good to close, right? Communicate with your processor and or loan officer if you have money that you want to deposit because we got to source that. If you decide that you want to pull out some sock money and deposit it and then you want to spend that same amount of money, we're going to look at your balance and then deduct that large cash deposit because we can't source it. Well, how do gifts work in that same sense? Like, we have to say, source every bit of it. Let's say that I'm I'm in the process of buying a house and then great-grandma died and she left me some shit. So that would be an inheritance. Okay. Is that cool, though, if I just put that in the in the bank? That works. Okay. Um, well, normally, we would need to see the will saying that you are entitled to that amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would have to track that money moving into your account. Mm-hmm. So the uh, honestly actually have a loan right now where that is happening, Mm -hmm. but um, the will hasn't been probated yet. So her parents just went ahead and gave her the $20,000 that was going to be hers once everything was done and finalized. So we're sourcing it as a gift. So that means that they signed a gift letter. The the donor and the borrower have both signed this gift letter Mm -hmm. and they have both provided their bank statements showing that movement of money. Mm -hmm. And if it's a check that's written, which it normally is, we show a copy of that check as well. So paper trail is important. Paper trail for everything. Paper trail is important. Receiving money is just as important as taking money out um, when you're working towards closing. Um, And just like you said, Emily, it's imperative that you keep an open line of communication with things that are going on. Yes. If you're trying to save up for money to close, please let your lender know that you're planning on using the funds from your student loan because we can't use that. That's an unsecured source of money. Mm-hmm. So, Why is that? Because it's a loan. Okay. Essentially, it's a student loan. Even though you didn't use it for said education, you just had extra, it's still a loan. Right. Okay. If it was a loan that was being secured by something, that would be okay. For example, if you have a home equity line of credit or home equity loan, installment loan, that would be okay because we can show that there's collateral against it. Okay. But if if it's just money that, you know, is floating out there and you decide not to pay it, then it just hits your credit score. They don't really put a lien against it. We can't use that. Okay. I got you. That's a lot of good information, you know. I mean, I'm learning myself because... I have different lines of credit that's open, and I may want to refinance my house, apparently, uh, to save some money. And so, you know, knowing that in advance um, gives me a lot of options to make an informed decision. So I appreciate that. Whew. How you feeling that over was there? a lot. I mean, it was good stuff, though. Yeah. You know? I hope I wasn't confusing. No, no. I think we broke it down. Um, for those of you, I mean, if you still have some questions, obviously, you can visit uh, Corporate Idiots Facebook page. Drop us a line, send us a, um, a message, uh, leave a comment, whatever the case may be. You can get in touch with me directly. 
Um, if you'd like to talk to Emily, I could get you sourced to her if that's the case um, and get you a little bit more information around that. But overall, I really think that we covered a lot of great information. You definitely gave us a different perspective on the home buying process. Um, you gave us a lot of good tips for the consumer to consider when they're actually in the process and what that looks like for them as far as what your job is and how you advocate for them. Mm -hmm. You also um, kind of knocked down some other questions that we had in the previous episode and gave us some supporting facts around what we talked about in that episode as well. So, I mean... You've been a delight. I just want to thank you for taking the time, coming out and talking to us, being super animated. I love your energy. It's, it's been great. The squirrel thing. It's because it's so hot in here. Is that what it is? Yeah, your fireplace is crisping me alive. Thanks. I could turn it off for you if you'd <laughs> like, but we're at the end. That's right. So, <laughs> um, Before we check out and get things going, is there anything you'd like to leave the audience um, good vibes, good words, any any tips, anything at all? Yeah. I really recommend for anyone that's listening to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean like, you know, take a shower and eat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, on a very serious note, um, mental, mental health is not something that a lot of people talk about. Mm -hmm. And, and it should be if you're, if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious, mm -hmm. You need to talk to someone. Um, happy pills really can help you get through things. It doesn't mean that you need to be on them forever. And <laughs> take care of your body. Mm -hmm. Exercise. Put put the right nutrients inside your body that's going to give it fuel to make you live your best life. Because you only get one. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because um, the other half of Corporate Idiots talks a lot around uh, self-preservation and positive uh, reaffirmation, um, motivational speaking. Yeah. I just try to reach out to the community and, and let you know that you are worth it no matter what stage in life that you're in. That's right. So, you know, that's that's good stuff. And you guys will hear more about this in a bonus episode that's coming on the way sometime soon. But again, Emily, I just want to thank you for your time, coming out, dropping some nuggets, having some fun with it, yeah. you know, shits and giggles. And um, that's going to call us a wrap. You good? I'm good. All right. Bye, y'all. Take it easy. We're out.